Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Welcome to The Point After on WDVE Pittsburgh. Brought to you by Parks Casino. The entire Steelers radio broadcast team is here to break down the last game. Here's your host, Missy Matthews. If I could share a story like this morning, me and him went to my dad's grave. and You know, we got to share a moment there. Um, and so I was pretty emotional when, uh, you know, he got the, the, the touchdown. Uh... I don't like to be Mr. Soppy, but like that, that like really hit me. Luckily, there wasn't a camera on me because I was a mess. <laughs> Everybody, welcome to The Point After. Our first segment tonight is brought to you by Brian Patton and Associates. It's all about the benefits. I'm Missy Matthews with Bill Hillgrove and Craig Wolfley. And guys, uh, how can you not just, you know, a heartfelt moment, Cam showing the motions. He said his soppiness or something. I'm not sure what that <laughs> is. Maybe he meant sappy, but... Um, talk about a day, Billy, for the Hayward brothers yesterday. They had 40 family and friends in the seats there at the stadium. And I didn't find out about the visitation until he mentioned it afterwards. And, uh, you know, the catch was great. Uh, it, it was a special catch. And, um, you know, I can I can understand that that emotion. You know, I, I got to know Ironhead personally, and uh, he was a very special person as well as a football player. Uh, but uh, for the kids to pay tribute to dad that way, that's that's pretty cool. You know, I understand the feelings that Cam is having. Uh, my dad passed away my third year in training camp. Uh, you know, so I went home and you know did the whole thing, came back and played a game and everything like that. And then later on, you know, is it, it? Here's the thing: when when you're when you're Cam, when you're the older brother, you suddenly become a father to the rest of your siblings. You know what I mean? That father figure, which. I have uh, four brothers, you know, four brothers and sisters, and so there's that 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 sort of acknowledgement of wow, you know, my, you know, it, coming into training camp and you're going, you know, you got no choice to make this team, <laughs> you got to, because you know my other life skills are like, would you like that supersized or you want paper plastic, you know, <laughs> so uh, there's really, and so I understand his feelings, you know, there were moments that the, you know you you feel like oh wow, you know, something happens that reminds you of the times with your dad and everything so i understand what soppiness is and it's okay it's okay to be soppy <laughs> max not only you know we're talking about connor's touchdown that helped the 1916 win for the steelers over the falcons but cam had that sack that forced the falcons to kick a field goal the drive before yeah no it was um it was it was pretty special i mean and, and when you look at everything that went down um, in Atlanta yesterday, I mean, it was just – it was a beautiful moment in general. But like you said, the Hayward boys were on full display. <laughs> and to hear to hear Cam afterwards talk about – because I saw it 
from my vantage point on the sidelines. And and I just saw Carl Dunbar kind of talking to him about it. And, you know, he was emotional coming off the field after the extra point. And then you hear the details on, well, why was he like this? It was it was it was pretty cool to hear after the fact that, you know, hey, he uh, he they had that special moment and he was able to share that. And like you said, and when I talked to him last night, he was like he was like, yeah, Max, man, I was I was done for like the next series. <laughs> yeah. It took a series to get over it. And I was like, hey, man, I was like, listen. This is an emotional game. And I was like, yep. and tears. He's like, nah, but I had to get it together, man. You know, we had a game. I'm like, I get you, but it's it's all good. You can cry man tears. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Cam, you know, yes. not only a good football player, the Steelers' Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee for how many years, you know, he's just one of a kind. And uh, I did a poll today on Twitter because there's many big plays that we're going to talk about through the next hour here on The Point After. Um, and asked fans, what was your favorite one? Connor Hayward's touchdown was an option. The Najee stiff arm. Friar Moose 57-yard catch and the Minka interception. So which one do you think is in the lead, Billy? None of the above. You're going to go with Presley. Absolutely. <laughs> I should have added it. I've got a lot of flack. And I even said, if I could hit a wedge like that, I'd be playing on Saturdays and Sundays on TV. Uh, that was very special. And, uh, you know, it put them in the hole. Uh, but, you know, my second choice would be Minka. Because I watched a replay today, and I said to Greg before the broadcast started here, it looked like Rod Woodson. Uh, the ball's on its way, and Drake London's running his pattern, and all of a sudden this blur comes the other direction, and the ball's going the other way. I mean, it was special. It's like and, Superman. Yeah, and then he went out of bounds. And, and I know the numerologist didn't like it because it probably affected one number or another, but what a football mind to say, wait a minute, if I go into the end zone, we have to kick it off, and, you know, there's more drama to this game. I'm going to end the drama right here by going out of bounds. Kenny can take the knee, and we jump and head for the buses. So it was – it was, uh, but I'm still going to go with Presley Harvin's punt. You know, the funny thing about it is I, it took me five seconds after Maker ran out of bounds to understand why he did it. <laughs> That's how stupid I am. You know, I'm going, now why did he do that, you know? Is after, and then after the game, too, you hear him say, well, I just figured I, want, I don't want to go back out there. <laughs> He was tired, yeah, he said I was good. And to that point, he saves teammates' possible injuries, too. Yeah. you got to think about the the football IQ of that play. Well, and Minka's one of those heads-up guys, and based on how fast you said the blur was of Minka getting that ball, it was like he knew exactly what Marcus Mariota was about to do, and that goes back to the the film study, the winning edge meetings that Coach Tomlin holds with Minka and all the guys on the defense who want to join on Friday afternoons. They're just... Football junkies, Max. No, they absolutely are. Um, and, that, and that's a special level of player. You know, I told Craig this on our show earlier today, just about what how James Lofton watched him, who was doing the TV broadcast for CBS. And he was just like, yeah, there's something special about it. I mean, he is a ball hawk, and he understands and plays with, with the level of like an air traffic controller back there. And he's like, and he was also questioning why Miami was willing to trade him. And we both just looked at each other and said, eh, Adam Gase. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And and, and so for him to have that play in that moment was just spectacular because it kind of just, that was a moment we needed. Like we needed a big play 
and we and you know we always talk about these gotta have it moments, and that was a gotta have it moment right after Presley Harvin does the yeoman's work of literally hitting the equivalent of a short coffin corner punt, right? I mean, it, it was it was absolutely spectacular. So for me to pick a play, Billy already picked the punt. Uh-oh. I stole some <laughs> thunder, then, did I? Yeah, I mean, because that was, that was mine because I had been talking to Presley before the game. So, you know, he had to show out for 40 people that was there that he bought tickets for. <laughs> uh, he, played for he played for free this week. Um, well, you know, he's a Georgia Tech yeah. kid, so that's understandable. Exactly, G Tech right around the corner. You know, I, I Najee stiff arm. That I've was... been, we have been waiting for this moment. We've been waiting for this moment all season, guys. Like, when is Najee going to just be the guy that we saw at Alabama? Be the guy that he was a year ago? When is he going to just be definitive in his emotions and his attack process? And that, like, culminated it. I don't know if it's something in those rubber pellets on the ground because it's artificial <laughs> turf. I can't say in the dirt. But, you know, I said this during the broadcast. The last time he was in that arena or that stadium, whatever you want to call it, he rushed for 178 yards and two touchdowns and had three receiving touchdowns. The man had five total touchdowns on that turf. And I don't know what it was that came up from the turf and embodied him, but I hope it stays for the rest of the season. Because it was tremendous to watch. He bounced him like a basketball half-court shot. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, <laughs> he hit him with such ferocity. And to watch his body then bounce back up like, like another six to eight inches was tremendous. Well, you know, he said he was running angry after the game. And last week we were talking about how Coach Tomlin said Arthur Mallette and Mike Hilton are angry little people. So I think angry is maybe the physicality, what we're carrying on through the rest of this season. Um but, yeah, I agree. You know, that's what you wanted to see from Najee. And, Wolf, he also had two days off from practice this week because he was dealing with that abdominal injury. So, maybe having a chance to rest the body did him good. I don't know. Um, ha- not having abs, I don't know what it's like. To- <laughs> <laughs> right, Max? We don't have abs. Yeah. We have obliques. No, we don't. <laughs> no, l- l- listen, we-, we just have an area formerly known as that's, abs. There you, you go. Know? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You know, the thing, uh, what I loved uh, – you know, and, and love to watch Najee, but I also I really loved uh, uh, the Friermuth going 57. I mean, we've been looking for a big one. That explosive play needed that one explosive play to get things rolling. 57 yards, and you know, shaking off a tackle like he did, and getting down the field, and boy, Gadzooks, that was just beautiful work by Pat. Well, ironically enough, this is a, an unofficial Twitter poll. Only 600 people. Uh, Friermuth is at 38.8%. Connor Hayward's touchdown, 31.6%. Minka, 16.9%. And then the Najee Sifarm, 127 So it's kind of been jumping all over the place, but I don't think you can go wrong with any of them, Billy. No, I agree. And, uh, you know, that uh, I remember Max during the broadcast, I, I could feel the nervousness in his voice when he said, I don't like trading field goals for touchdowns. <laughs> and, yes. uh, you know, first two scores we had were field goals and could be otherwise. But we finally broke through and, and had enough at the end to uh, secure the win. It was, uh, it was a fun day at, uh, at the old Mercedes-Benz. No question about it. I, it even made me think of what was better, the uh, stiff arm from Vance McDonald. Oh, the Vanimal in Tampa. Yeah. Yeah. Or, well, you'd have to give it to Vance because he did score and it did turn the game around. 
But I do. I must say this: that that slam dunk. I I've never seen a guy not. You know, I've I've seen guys dunk on somebody. I've never seen somebody dunk a guy. <laughs> that was getting. He got Richie yeah. Grant got dunked. Of his eighty-six yes. yards, forty were after contact. Wow. Yeah. You know, he ran angry, and that's what you love. Yep. Also, back-to-back wins for the first time this season, stacking them, and both were on the road, which you know, Coach Tomlin said. And so you continue to do it. No one takes you seriously, but to be able to do it for the first time in twelve games, it is an accomplishment, and. We've seen some progress from this team since the bye week, Max. No, we have seen progress, and you, you just you, you you have to be excited to see this team gel. We knew it was going to take some time, but you know injuries obviously delay that gelling process. But now that you real you literally have almost everyone present and accounted for, um, it's it's just great to see everyone come together. And I know that. We have some guys playing nicked up and probably playing less than up to their standards, but just having them there, going through the reps, the threat that you have everybody available to you is just a beautiful thing to see. And when you're talking about surging at the end of the year, that's what you want to have. You want to have your soldiers accounted for so you go storm the castle. And to have TJ back, to have Jalen Warren back, to have Najee back – to have DeMarvin Leal now as well added into the fold. The secondary outside of Akello Witherspoon is present and accounted for. Um, it's just it, – it's cool to see all of them come together and then play team football, not where it's overly reliant on the offense, overly reliant on the defense or special teams. Everybody has a key moment, and we can point to that throughout the game. And I think that's where – you know, you start cooking with the right stuff where you can point to a key moment that every unit had in this game. And we talked about it just just talking about it within the context of our favorite plays, mm-hmm. right? You had, you had a punt, you had an interception, and you also had a reception. Special teams, defense, offense. That's what you look for. Now, if you can only say one or two things and then they're only on one side of the ball, then we're in trouble. And that's what, that was what the case was early in the year. Complimentary football. Well, if we hear that a lot from Coach Tomlin. There's no doubt about it, and uh, you know, without it, you are left one sided. One one area is lagging. It's kind of like um, you know, turkey dinner without all the the, the trimmings. No gravy. You know? Yeah, no stuffing. You, you got to have complimentary <laughs> turkey, you know, food there, man. You got to have something that that offsets this and that. So, you know, I look at this, and I, I was number one that jumps out at me, and what I enjoyed when I started watching the tape this afternoon. Uh, I loved the offensive line came off the ball, and bodies were moved. I loved that. Japers, that was just so good to see. You know, it's like, I don't know, it's like great family fun to watch somebody get blown backwards <laughs> and then slammed to the ground. You're like going, that was beautiful. I hey, mean, kids, come just, watch this. Come see this. Yes, exactly. come here. It, it sounds very Buffalo-ish. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> no People sacks. Sla- no exactly. Sacks. No sacks as well. No sacks. They were physical bullies. There were some yeah. pressures. There were some hits. But – they kept they kept him off long enough to get the ball out. That's all we care about. At the end of the day, don't tell me about shoulda, coulda, wouldas. Almost, almost only applies to hand grenades and horseshoes. I don't want to hear about an almost sack and that all that and the other. Did he go down with the ball in his hand? No. Nope. Check. Move on. <laughs> no interceptions for Kenny Pickett in four straight games. 128 passing attempts. Take care of the football. Run. Good defense. I, Billy, I feel like they're putting something together here. It feels like it, and uh, it's it's fun to watch 
young players grow up in front of your eyes. Mm-hmm. And it's not just Kenny. You know, both uh, Najee and Pat Fryermuth are second-year guys. George Pickens is a rookie. You know, he's going through trials and tribulations, but he does respond, and that's the, the good thing. Uh, you know, that relationship between the coaches and the young people, um, it's it's fun to watch uh, the teacher show the way, and it's fun to watch the pupil go the way. The one thing I think about with Kenny, every er, ever since Thursday night in Miami, mm-hmm. his QBR has gone up Sunday every night. week. Uh, was it th- Sunday night? Sunday I can't night. remember. Yeah, it's Sunday okay. Night. I get, yeah, you know what prime my days. Time. Yeah. Just go with prime time. Thank you. It's prime generic. time, whatever. <laughs> was it a night game? I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> well, think about that. You, you go on the road on a Monday night, and then you've got to go on the road the next Sunday at 1 o'clock. That's a tough turnaround. And to win both, I think, is... All I know is his QBR has gone up every week since, so therefore, whether it was night, whether it was day, whether it was Thursday, whether it was Sunday, I don't know. It's trending. The nightclub yes. was going. The nightclub was going next door, Wolf, so you should not forget that. Trust me, this kid was not in a nightclub, eh? <laughs> his arrow no, no, no. is pointed up. All right, guys, we are going to take a quick break here on The Point After. When we return, to the Steelers now have an identity? We'll discuss that and much more. You're listening to WDVE. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Back to the point after, brought to you by Parks Casino on DVE. And that's just what we're missing right now is, is being consistent you know, with touchdowns in the red zone. So um, that's something that we're continuing to work at. We've been working at it. Um, you know, we're close, but you know, we just got to keep, you know, close could get us you know, a loss in this kind of game. So um, we got we to you know, figure that out this week. Welcome back to The Point After, everybody. I'm Missy Matthews with Bill Hillgrove, Craig Wolfley, and Max Starks. And this segment is brought to you by the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank and Don's Appliance. For every field goal we kick this season, Don's Appliance will donate $1,000 to the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. That's 5,000 meals each time. Thank you to Don's Appliance. And you can also help and donate, too, by texting GOALS to 50155 and that was Kenny Pickett there Billy and we are seeing the good and the different things that we discussed in the first segment the progressions what you'd like to see but there are still some bad in terms of not being able to cash in when they're close yeah I think that's the next thing to fix is the red zone um, and uh, he, he you know he's not by himself in that red zone and as Mike Tomlin will be quick to point out uh and Atlanta did it too, in the red zone, you can't have penalties. And I do believe the two times we did not score were both penalties. I think one against Dotson and one against DJ. So, uh, you know, Kenny's not all by himself. It is a team game, the ultimate team game, and everybody has to be on the same page in that red zone especially. And uh, But I think it's something that they will fix. Well, the one throw he made that was short to Deontay, if you remember, oh, he did, in that yes. corner. And that, that was a misfire. But that was a shame, you know, because it was in perfect – it could have been in perfect place. He stacked A.J. Terrell like cordwood. I mean, he just <laughs> got on top of him, and I thought Kenny just would hit him right in the – you know, but it was just a little short and, and let Terrell able to get his hand in there and break it up a little bit. But 
again, it's a it's a process. They are working at it, and they're gonna in the long run. This is all gonna pay off. Well, and I think these woes is this is the growing pains, right? Let's focus on where we were at at the beginning of the year. Oh, do we, we have to? Cro- <laughs> I, for for historical perspective, <laughs> okay. to to simply document the journey with which we've traveled so thus far. We couldn't get across the 50-yard line early this year. And now, in these last couple of weeks, especially with that Cincinnati game, we're now getting over the 50-yard line consistently, and we're getting in scoring range consistently. I think that is the biggest thing that has really progressed and and why we talk about the success that we've had over the last few weeks it's been that factor. Now the next step or the end line is literally the goal line to actually consistently now get into the red zone and more specifically the, the low red zone inside the 10 and be in scoring opportunities with a fresh set of downs to then take advantage to get in set end zone. I think that's the next step. But right now we've taken the biggest leap. We proved we can move the ball effectively and consistently now it comes down to the nuances. First drive of the game, 16 plays. Second drive of the game for the Steelers, 12 plays. That is a big improvement over what we saw uh, back in the day, as you said. Uh, I just think that, uh, you know, uh, and again, to your point before the game, uh, the best offense is a defense. And if you're going well, to the keep... best defense is a good offense. See, I got it backwards Hey, Billy, I knew I'm, what you I'm, meant. I'm, I'm dyslexic. Well, not only that, but you, I can dumb down anybody. <laughs> you know, just just hang out more with me. That's all. Well, not to mention the Steelers didn't punt until the fourth quarter. That's right. Only two punts, but one was uh, well, beauty. Yeah, one was Billy's play of the game. If you didn't know, but yeah, you know, for <laughs> yeah. at least they were you know getting field goals out of it. There was the end of the half, of course. Um, where nothing really happened with not a lot of time. But, uh, Max, how do they fix the red zone woes? Is it practice? Is it just continuing to play together? Is there, um, you know, maybe something magical that you can wave in front of them and it fixes it or what? Don't jump offside and don't get holding penalties. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds pretty simple. Uh, I mean, just, just don't get penalties. I mean, we were in that position where we had a first and goal and then we went backwards in two consecutive plays. It was like, okay, we're getting over this, and then boom. You know, you, you stub your toe, and I think it just comes down to that and also <clears throat> play call selection in those moments. You know, as you get closer to the goal line, guess what? The tighter the field gets, so the sharper you must be and the more constricted guys get, the play calling should complement that. And I didn't see that – in fact, at one point, I was like, why are we lined up in what looked like 13 personnel and running a jet sweep off the edge? You know, I'm just like, no, that's not the thing. You don't run a short yardage play, you know, when you have 10 yards to go, you still got space. Um, so there's just some of the <clears throat> play calling kinks. But the biggest thing is do not self-injure yourself, meaning pre-snap penalties and also the post-snap variety. Keep your hands out of people's faces and their face masks. Right. Keep them on their chest. And then when in doubt, dump them to the ground while holding their shoulder pads within the framework (laughs) of the chest. 
You know what I'm saying? Like that's a clinic. Like that's that's where it gets tough. Yeah, that's a clinic on how to hold. <laughs> no, it's clutching. Oh, it's I'm hold sorry. It's only holding. when they throw a flag. Uh, Semantics. Holding a is when they throw a flag. Yes, there is a difference. <laughs> well, that's why we get into <laughs> ceramics here. You know what I mean? <laughs> and clay pottery, terracotta, and, everything. Uh, you, I mean, got, you got, you it, got all. it all. Gentle <laughs> hands, you guys have. Yes. Yes. Uh, well, what did Atlanta do to take George Pickens out of the game, or what was going on in terms of not seeing that connection or going to him as much that we've seen previously with Kenny Pickett? There were a lot of targeting of the tight ends. I knew going into the game they were going to target the tight ends. I had a feeling that they were going to target Deontay more. They're trying to get Deontay revved up a little bit too. And uh, George Pickens just didn't make himself available, or they took him out with some. You know, there was some, they got a pretty uh, a couple of good defensive backs there, but um, I think I think George got frustrated, and then it started to kind of one of those snowballing things. And you're not got your edge when you're concerned over the fact here you are you're where you you know you went to college and you've got family all surrounding you and you want to excel and have this huge game remember what it was like when I went back to Orchard Park Buffalo you know playing in Orchard Park 2.4 miles from where I grew up but you know um for offensive linemen we at least we we, we can stay hidden in the line you know it's not <laughs> but you know the fact is you you want to win you want to have that great game and it just didn't happen and I have not I didn't watch enough of him. I was watching most of the line in the trenches um, this afternoon, but I'll have to go back and, and look at it. But, George, he just didn't seem to be getting it. Well, to your point, there were 27 targets. 11 went to DJ, and mm-hmm. 7 went to the tight ends. Yeah. So I mean, that only leaves nine other targets. So do the math. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, you know oh, how I do nope, math. Nope. Oh, no, I, I, Not on this show. No math here. No. <laughs> Especially when one of us flunked twice. <laughs> Max, what, <laughs> yeah. what did you sense from Deontay and George on the sidelines? You know, Deontay with a drop, and, you know, you could see he was getting frustrated, as Wolf said, with Pickens. Yeah, well, I, I think I think the biggest thing is is that um, it just – it wasn't – a lot of the matchups when it drew to him, um, he just – he had, I think he had bad routes. I don't think he was the focal point or the first or second option in a lot of the route tree, and – they had sticky coverage. They they knew they couldn't let George Pickens get over the top of them in a lot of those situations. So they tried to jam him at the line of scrimmage. <laughs> they were mixing the coverage on Kenny Pickett. You saw a lot of quarters, a lot of invert cover two, um, just to sh- just to create shells. Um, the guys played the curl flat zone, that numbers area, that numbers to a hash area. Um, very well to make sure that when George was on that side, coverage was rolling in that direction. That's why Deontay, I think, got so many one-on-one opportunities was because they were more scared of George than they were of Deontay. In terms of the O-line, Wolf, what did you see when you were watching the film? I know you and Max um, are very proud to say we've we've seen improvement, improvements each week um, from a unit that was taking some heat earlier in the season. Absolutely. You know, there was some body snatching going on there, man. They were lighting people up, and I enjoyed the fact that, you know, when the very first rep from the line of scrimmage, there was a washing back of the, the line of scrimmage back on the other side of the ball. I mean, it was beautiful. And, I, you know, you get all fired up about it, and it didn't matter who they put in there, whether it was Dickerson, Grady Jarrett, whoever, you know, any of the, the, the numbers that you want to line up in there. They were taking the guys off the ball, and they the double teams 
Yeah, Zooks, it's like they, the double teams were coming together in a very nice way. You know, you take them off the ball, you dump them on the ground, you pick up the run through. You know, those those type of things, they, they did a nice job on. They rolled Kenny and gave him a clean pocket, you know, on the outside. One of the things, you know, Derek Watt does some nice work, very unobserved, you know, whether it's a fourth down run. He's he's four for four or something mm-hmm. like that on, on fourth down runs. Uh, at the same time, when Kenny rolled out, he hooked the end man on the line and did it in such a nice way. Boy, I don't think that end man on the line understood. He got twirled around and everything like that. And Derek did a great job of hooking him. And Kenny get out there and he threw that ball to, I think it was Deontay on the outside on a timing route there. Um, you know, just good stuff by that offensive line and pass protection and, and run blocking. And, you know, uh, again, uh, if the one thing that I'd like, love to see that I think that they can help themselves a lot is – on the twist stunts, there's too much penetration. The penetrator gets in between the guy and the next guy, and then the twisting of the, the trailer comes around, and you got some problems there. And that's where they're not staying on the same level and they get turned. They're not square shoulders. They're not hip-to-hip. Uh, but, again, that's a part and parcel of the process of working it out, and they'll, they'll keep at it. They'll be fine. Billy, does it feel like this team has an identity now? It's got a better identity than it did a month ago. And, uh, yes, it, it does. Um, we have proven we can run the ball consistently. That's the key, you know, consistently. It's not just who your opponent is and what their capabilities are of stopping you. It's that you're going to impose your will. And I've seen that over this two-game win streak and winning three out of four. Um, yeah, definitely the identity is taking shape. You know who your quarterback is. Uh, you know, there's no – Questioning. No, no question marks about that. Uh, and Najee has responded to the development of the O line. I really believe that. that. That you know he feels that those guys are going to give him cracks, and that's all he needs. Uh, he's wonderful when he gets into that second level because he's a beast. And you know, <laughs> uh, what's his name? Richie, the the guy he got, got stiff armed. Oh, Grant. Yeah, Richie, yeah, Richie Grant. Grant. Yeah, he didn't stiff arm me, slam dunked him. <laughs> He'll be testimonial to that. Um, another thing, and it's kind of lost in the shuffle, but in this pregame show, Mike Tomlin talked about Cordero Patterson uh, like he was the second coming of Joshua Cribs, and that is to me high praise. And uh, for him not to have any returns, uh, and their return people, no punt return yardage. And I think an average of 18.3 on kickoffs. Yep. That's a job well done. I got to give the special teams A plus all the way around because the coverage was there. And we were the last club in the National League going into that game in kickoff coverage. And that changed abruptly. And just rebounding from what you saw Monday night, it was a short week. The second half uh, did not go their way and it could have ended badly. The Steelers were able to pull out the win, but. Um, yeah, it was good to see yesterday in Atlanta, and we have much more to talk about here on The Point After. We'll be right back on DVE. Back to The Point After, brought to you by Parks Casino on DVE. Shotgun snap. Mariota from his end zone. Throws that pass, and it's intercepted. Going to the five-yard line and getting out of bounds is Minka Fitzpatrick, and that seals the deal in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And the Steeler Nation is celebrating. 
Welcome back to the point after Steelers Falcons 1916 is your final score. The Steelers move to five and seven. I'm Missy Matthews with Bill Hillgrove, Craig Wolfley, and Max Starks. And guys, we got to give the defense a little love. I know we talked about Minka in the first segment, uh, but our segment right now is brought to you by Clearview Federal Credit Union. For every turnover the black and gold create in 2022, Clearview Federal Credit Union will donate $500 to the Light of Life Rescue Mission. Clearview, helping people to enjoy a better life. Visit clearviewfcu.org slash touchdown. Billy, the stats, uh, when you look for the Steelers' defense, you might not seem as impressive, but what they were able to do in terms of, especially in the first half, controlling the line of scrimmage, not let the Falcons get their run game going into the second half. Yeah, and um, even the final numbers indicate that it was a varsity performance by the defense. They held them to 14 less yards than their average, 146. It was 160. And I think uh, the pass efficiency rating of Mariota, 72.7, well below his yearly average. And the pick, of course, that sealed the deal. So, yeah, you got to give the defense props. They they played. And, and, and they played tired, too. Because once, you know, the Falcons got that running game going second half, uh, you started to worry because, you know, all of a sudden you can see why uh, they're ranked what fourth in the nation in the National Football League right. uh, coming into the game. So I I uh, I give the defense a tip of the cap. I thought they played well. I mean, you know, especially the first half, they limited them to what twenty eight yards in the first half. And great googly moogly, I thought that uh, you know they were all acquitting themselves very well in the one on one individual battles, controlling gaps, flowing to and uh, where they needed to be on the outside and so forth. Um, then it seemed to get. A little bit more traction, uh, you know. The Falcons got more traction. You've you've got that inverted bone, the two thirds bone that you you know they run in formations, which are odd formations. They shifted back and forth, and they caught them a couple times. The Steelers then would have alternate. They, I'm sorry, they would shift the Falcons, and then the Steelers would alter their their stance and shift into the gaps, and then they'd come back out of it, and they'd catch the Steelers just going back into their original position, and so that was part and parcel of what was going on. But I think guys got tired, and there were a lot more guys with turned shoulders in the trenches. You know, when I say turned shoulders, you got to keep your shoulders square when you play a, a power-running team like this. You know, and when they get you running sideline to sideline, you become one-dimensional. And more guys were getting on the ground. They were cutting on the backside. Um, and more guys at the point of attack weren't holding the point like they were in the first half. Well, and I think the other thing that – <clears throat> was also of note was the Falcons really tried to pass the football at the beginning of the game. Like they were, I don't know what it was, why they felt, (laughs) you know, we're going to try and make Marcus Mariota a total quarterback. It's like, no, he's a guy who can run. Yep. I mean, he's, he was Tim Tebow 2.0. I mean, Mm. and I think that was something that they were trying to prove that the zebra, you know, didn't have stripes, but, at the end of the day, when you're talking about their success, it came when the run game actually started clicking for them. They could not get anything done with the pass, and I think that was the first half experiment was, can we actually pass with Marcus Mariota? And then you woefully admit, you cannot pass with Marcus Mariota, so let's just go back to our bread and butter, which is being a running team that runs option, Cordero Patterson, Tyler Algier, whoever else, Caleb Huntley, whoever we could put in the backfield, Guys, just go forward because the going backwards thing and protecting me is not working. 
Yeah, the Falcons were 0 for 4 in terms of red zone efficiency in the first half, and as Wolf said, only 28 rushing yards. That that changed in the second half, but Billy, it never felt like the Steelers' uh, defense wasn't going to be able to keep it in a comfortable place, unlike what we saw against the Colts and even the Bengals previously. Yeah, it was uh, it was scary, but you never thought that they'd you know that, that they'd break, mm-hmm. and they didn't. You know, and and that's uh, again the progress that we've been looking for. Um, I don't think we'll face a rushing attack that good the rest of the way, will we? Well, they were fourth. You know, I mean they they were up there, and uh, I thought it, the Steelers just did a great job in that first half. In the second half, not as good. You know, I mean it's like I think Max is correct. You know, they had Mariota was chucking the ball a little too much, and he's <laughs> not. He's not a. He's not Tom NFL, Brady. Yeah, he's he's not one of those NFL caliber arms that is going to scare you, but he does have good wheels. And when you go to that inverted bone, there's a lot of things going on, and you're trying to find your keys. And it's like Mike Tomlin said pregame. You know, you've got to know your keys. You got to stare at your keys. You got to play your keys, and don't worry about the rest. You know, those are everybody's got their own keys, and so you cannot get yours mistaken with somebody else's. So I thought. Uh, in the second half, they they just weren't as sharp as they were in the first. T.J. Watt came into the game as questionable dealing with that rib injury from Monday night in Indy. And, you know, Max, he's not getting the sacks that everybody wants him to get, uh, you know, pre-injury with the knee and everything in the peck. But he's still out there, and teams have to respect when he's there. And that's exactly what he's out there for. He knows that he's going to give you the hustle plays. He's going to run down the backside of a running back, um, break it to the opposite side of the ball. Um, he's going to give you the pressure that's necessary. He's going to draw the double teams. And I think he's he's not to say he's content with it, but he understands where he's at right now. And I think that's the tough thing. And he took a, he took a big fall when he had a tackle for a loss at the backfield where he landed on those ribs. And you could see him visibly coming off the field, grimacing, um, and pain, taking the knee on the sidelines, and then trying to just kind of shake it off. I mean, the dude is as tough as nails. He said after and, the game, he didn't even hide it, Max. He said, my ribs are killing me. Yeah. So, I mean, for him to go out there and give you anything after that happened is Iron Man status. You know what I'm saying? Like, he is he's just built differently and to still make plays. But you're right. I mean, it's not the standard we expect, but – Dealing with the injuries that he dealt with from the beginning of the year to now and then the perpetual injuries that will occur because of playing, you know, you have to give him two claps, you know, up top for uh, for, for the way he's played. And interestingly enough, since we like to get Wolf all riled up, uh, Lamar Jackson yes. might not be playing for the Ravens come Sunday when they have their first meeting with the Steelers at Acrisure Stadium today. John Harbaugh, their head coach, said that Lamar Jackson is week to week with a knee injury. He went through all the MRIs today, uh, said, quote, as the week goes, we'll see for this week. It's probably less likely for this week, but it's not impossible. And Tyler Huntley would be the next man up. And, and it, he it, owes us a sack. That's right. He owes T.J. Watt <laughs> well, a T.J. Watt, yes. Yes, I don't know how I us got in there. But anyhow, T.J. Watt, yes, yeah. I'm still frosted over the fact that last year he should have had 23 and a half sacks. I know. It's just know. it's bogus, man. The, the, the sack record for a single season should be T.J. Watt. By himself. By himself, yes. I'm with you. Yep, no doubt. Huntley played well yesterday. 
after the injury to Lamar. And he played okay against the Steelers, 16 of 31 for 141, but he was intercepted twice. So, uh, And the Steelers won that game, as you remember, in overtime. Uh, maybe the people in Nevada know something that Jim Harbaugh doesn't want them to know because they have installed the Steelers as a three-point favorite this coming Sunday. <laughs> Does that tell you something about whether number eight is available or not? I think so. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, three points is what you normally start with for a home team that's, that's good. And then you look at the opponent you say, ah, they got such and such. They have such and such. Well, that number didn't move. So, let you know that v- Vejas is making sure that <laughs> we are – Vejas. That was very fancy. Lost, lost wages. <laughs> it was. Yes, lost wages. The, the, the city of <laughs> – the city of buffets. Um, <laughs> it is, it, you know, I think I think that is something because they know that they are a different team. Yes, you beat the Broncos, but this ain't the Broncos, especially the way that we've been playing the last couple of weeks. So it's going to be a hard challenge, but the challenge gets just a smidge. I mean, a minuscule. I got my fingers together. I'm trying to look through with a squinted eye. Easier having Tyler Huntley in there versus Lamar Jackson. Well, and also the Ravens uh, signed Brett Huntley, not to be confused with Tyler Huntley, to their practice squad, a quarterback that spent some time with them as well. So I'm with you, Billy. I think it's not even the Vegas knows. Everybody knows it does not sound good for Lamar Jackson. We'll keep an eye on that. We want to remind you the Steelers Pro Shop is where you can gear up with the latest sideline apparel, hats, or jerseys of your favorite players, authentic memorabilia, custom items, and exclusives you can find only directly from the team. And one of the official Steelers Pro Shop stores located at Acrisure Stadium, Grove City Premium Outlets, or Tanger Outlets, or you can shop online at shop.steelers.com. Guys, it's always fun for a victory Monday. Yay! <laughs> for Bill Hillgrove, Greg Wolfley, and Max Starks, and our producer, Tom and Missy Matthews, thanks for joining us on The Point After. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.